His divine grace, Shilesi, Vaktivaranta Swamimara, Shiva Prabhupada, He. Jayam Vishnupad, Paramahamsa Puridaj, Yikachaya, Shota, Shota, Shishimad, His divine grace, Shila Bhaktisaranta Sarasati, Go Swamimara, Shila Prabhupada, Ki. Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Ki. Gaura Premanande. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishi Guru and Guranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jaya Jaya Shishetanya Janityananda. Jaya Jaya Shri Shetanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dweta Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dweta Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Jaya Shri Shetanya Janityananda Jaya Jaya Shri Shetanya Janityananda Jaya Dweta Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dweta Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda 
Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaura Bhakta Vinda. Reading from the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Leela, chapter 20, beginning with text 154. Ishvara Parama Krishna. Satchidananda Vigraha. Anadir Adir Govinda. Sarvakarna Karnam. Ishvara Parama Krishna. Satchirananda Vigraha. Anadir Adir Govinda. Sarvakarna Karnam. Ishvara Parama Krishna. Satchid Ananda Vigraha. Anadir Adir Govinda. Sarvakarna Karnam. So you have to give us the word for word translation. Ishvara. The, the controller. Parama. Like supreme. That's like you get the paramatma, you get the, the super part. Uh, Ishvarama Parama Krishna. Krishna. <laughs> Krishna. <laughs> Satchid Ananda. So Sat is eternal. Chit, knowledge. And Ananda, Vigraha, form. Anadir Adir. So Adi, what's the first part of the Chaitanya Charitamrita? Is the Adi. So he is, uh, he is the beginning, he's the origin, but he's Anadi. He has no beginning. He has no, he doesn't ever start. And Govinda, another name for Krishna. Sarva means all. Kara, what is it? Karana Karanam. So Kaya means cause. So he's the cause of all causes. Sarva means all. So translation. Krishna, who is known as Govinda, is the supreme controller. He has an eternal, blissful spiritual body and is the, he is the origin of all. He has no origin, for he is the prime cause of all causes. Purport, this is a verse from the fifth chapter of the Brahma Samhita. So you got the Anadir Adir Govinda. So Adi means origin or first. And so, and who is the first servant of Krishna? Yeah, this birthday coming up. Lord Balaram. Balaram is the first servant of Krishna. He becomes Krishna's umbrella. He becomes Krishna's bed. And even becomes Krishna's shoes. So he is the Adidas, Adidas. So Krishna wears Adidas. <laughs> Swayam Bhagavan Krishna Govind Paranama Sarvashraya Purnayanra Golo Nitya Dhamma 
the original personality of Godhead is Krishna. His original name is Govinda. He's full of all opulences, and its eternal boat is known as Goloka Vrindavan. Ete chamsa kala pumsha Krishnastu bhagavan swayam injayari vakulam lokam midayanti yuge yuge. Quote, all these incarnations are either plenary portions or part of the plenary portions of the Purusha avatars. But Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead himself. In every age, he protects this, the world through his different features when the world is, distend, dis, is disturbed by the enemies of Indra. Purport. This is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 1.3.28. Also, see also Adi Lila, chapter 2, verse 67. So this is the Paivastra Sutra of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the essential verse of the Bhagavatam. This one verse, actually just half of it. This is the Ete Chamsa Sakala Pumsha Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam. Just that first half of the line. And the word two is very significant. So this chapter is listing all the different avatars, like 28 different avatars. And there's, at the end it says there's as many as the waves on the ocean. But they here they list 28 different incarnations of the Lord. And it says, Ete chamsa sakala pumsha. All these avatars come from the pumshas. Pumsha means the purushas. You got, you have uh, Mahavishnu. What does Mahavishnu do? What is he? He goes to sleep like all the other visions. But what, what is, what's his, uh, Leela? The universe has come out of his pores. He's so gigantic that universes come out of his pores. And he is Mahavishnu. So he is the super soul of the entire material energy. Like we were reading Bhagavad Gita last night. Krishna says, because a soul is present in the body, Therefore, the body grows from boyhood to youth only because a soul is present. Therefore, because a super soul is present in the universe, the universe is existing and, and expanding. So, Lord uh, Mahavishnu, or Karanadakshai Vishnu, uh, he is the super soul of the Mahatattva, the whole, the whole material energy. Then you have Garbodakshai Vishnu, he enters into one of those, just those little universes. And what are those little universes is all that we know in existence. You know, millions and millions of miles that we see. This is all just one little universe that pops out of the pore of Lord Vishnu. And so he enters in a smaller form. This form is so small, it's just the size of this entire universe that we're in. And from him, his belly button, a carnation flower grows. What is it? What kind of flower? Lotus flower. It's not carnation. Grows and Brahma appears. And he becomes the engineer. Any? Are you an engineer? Yeah, so Brahma is also the same job as you. So Brahma, he becomes the engineer of the universe. He's not a creator because all the materials are given to him. 
So in that sense, he is not actually a creator. The energy is already given to him. So, from Brahm, uh, this Vishnu, he is the super soul of the universe and the aggregate living entities. And then he takes another form, even smaller. So one form is so sm- large, he's bigger than all the universes, so much that universes come out of his pores. Then he has a form that is the size of a universe, much smaller. And then he has a form that's even smaller. It enters into the each atom and into the heart of every creature. So he's a super soul of every individual living entity. That is called Shirodakshai Vishnu. Because he also has his own specific abode in the universe called Shwetadweep, the abode where there's an ocean of milk. There's Shweta, white. Therefore, he is Shira Dakshai. He lies on the milk ocean. So, from this Vishnu and from Garbodakshai Vishnu, most of the avatars appear. Primarily from Shirodakshai Vishnu. So after this list of incarnations, he says, all these men are very important, all these beings. And they're all angshas, of the, they all come from the purusha, the pumshas. But, Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam. So that is explained like, uh, say, um, the prime minister pulls up in his limousine, he has his entourage, he has his secretary, the head of state, all these different things. And you say, all these men are very important. But that man, he is the prime minister. Now we can't say the word president, otherwise people's minds just go all over the place. It's instant unmeditation. You just bring your mind, the mind goes all over the place. So very significant verse. Continue on. Jnana Yoga Bhakti Teen Sadhena Vase Brahma Atma Bhagavan Trivida Prakase There are three kinds of spiritual processes for understanding the absolute truth. The process of speculative knowledge, mystic yoga, and bhakti yoga. According to these three processes, the absolute truth is manifested as a Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. So jnana yoga is the philosophy process, speculative process. And the highest understanding an individual can come through this process is the understanding of Brahman, the Lord's spiritual all-pervasive, impersonal energy. Then there is the mystic yoga, by which you can connect and understand Paramatma. And then Bhakti yoga, Bhaktyamam Abhijanati. By Bhakti, Krishna says, only Bhagavan can only be understood by Bhakti. Vedanta tattva vidas tattva yajjjnanam avayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabjate the learned transcendentalists who know the absolute truth call this non-dual substance Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan. 
purport. This is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 1 to 11. Those who are interested in the impersonal Brahman effulgence, which is not different from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, can attain the, that goal by speculative knowledge. However, Krishna says it is klesha, it is very difficult. Arjuna asked the question in Evam Satata Yukte Bhaktaspam Paripashate Tesham Nitya Tesham Abhyaksharam Avyaktam Tesham Ke Yogavitama. Kesham means those Ke Yogavitama. Who are who who are the best of who are the best situated in their spiritual life? Those who those who Bhaktaspam Paripashate, those who worship with love and devotion, your personal form. And those who worship the avyakta, the impersonal. And Krishna says the bhaktas are the best. And the, the, those who worship the impersonal are also good, but it is almost practically impossible. It is klesha, it is full of miseries. And it's very ha- hard if you have a body. Do you have a body? Yeah, so it's hard if you have, have a body, he says. It is the individual is approaching the supreme, um, challenging whom, who is uh, uh, standing in your way, getting uh, to get out of this material universe. Who is the superintendent of this material universe? Who is uh, meant to keep the conditioned souls here? Who is that personality? Maya or Durga? Now, uh, we know Arjun Krishna, he's from Chicago, he's a tough guy. But Durga, she's got a thousand arms. (laughs) (laughs) You take the two, she's got another 998 coming back. (laughs) So, and she rides on a a tiger or a lion? I think it's a lion? Lion, yeah. So, she has her trishul. Trishul, the trident, trident, poking us with the threefold miseries, Adi Bhotaka, Adi Atmaka, Adi Devaka Klesh, miseries caused by our body. Anybody had miseries by their body? Ever been sick? Ever had a headache? Ever had miseries caused by uh, others' bodies? The boss, the mosquito, the spouse. And miseries caused by Mother Nature, the, the uh, in, uh, instigated by the devatas, too hot. Too cold, some kind of uh, weather tragedy. So she's there poking the living entities, also trying to remind them, this this ain't your place. So, Durga is the superintendent. Gachati to go, Durga, very difficult. She is uh, very difficult to surpass. So this world is very difficult. It is Karshati, it is a struggle. So, the living entity who tries to get out of the material world without approaching Krishna, they're challenging Durga on their own. And so they struggle. But if a person is a lover of God, a personalist, then Krishna says, uh, I will be there and I will take care of my devotee. Whatever they lack, I will carry, I will bring it. And whatever they, uh, whatever good qualities, I will preserve it. I will be there. Uh, Yogamam, he says, Yenamam upayantite. 
by those who are constantly serving me with devotion, I give them buddhi, the knowledge by which they can come back to me. I am their personal uh, assistant in that matter. As much as you worship me, I worship you, Krishna says. So Krishna, uh, he says, says, I respond according to that person. The person responds with great love and devotion. I respond with great love and devotion. This person responds, approaching me as impersonal, then I respond as impersonal. You don't get any personal help. A person responds saying, I am nothing, that I don't exist, then in their eyes I will not show them any excuse for my existence. I will support their atheism. I will be their support in all phases of life. So very difficult to make progress without uh, applying this principle of loving devotion to the Lord. Just like you had Shabari Muni, he was underwater meditating for thousands of years, and he saw two fish mating, and he said, okay, now I need to go find a wife. Or Vishamitra Muni, he was uh, tested by Indra, who sent Menaka, and immediately he fell down due to lust. And then the next, he sent another lady after he tried to start, he restarted over again, again, another 60,000 years, and he fell down due to anger. As soon as the Apsara appeared, he burnt her with her his eyes. So first time he fell to lust, second time to anger. Finally, after 180,000 years, he uh, attained the position of a Brahmana. Now all you have to do is chant Hare Krishna for two years. You can get Brahman Diksha in Iskand. Two years, follow nicely, serve the deities, and then you can get Brahman Diksha. 180,000 years he had waited for that because he was envious of Vishishta. You know the story? Vishishta and Vishamritra? Raise your hand if you know the story. Okay, so Visham, Vishish, Vishamrita was a king. And he was with his many soldiers, 10,000 soldiers going, traveling, and they were going through the forest. And they came across the hermitage of Vishishta. Who is Vishishta? He is the spiritual master from the line of Lord Ramachandra. This is many millions of years ago. And Vishishta welcomed them. Aunush, Bashnush, Kanush. He welcomed them. Come, sit down. We will feed you. He said, we have our own cooks. We're so many soldiers. How can you feed us all? He said, don't worry, I have some help. I have a surabi. Surabi. Cow. A cow that is like one of Krishna's cows. It is celestial. It has many powers. It is very powerful and potent. He said, well, she said, he, she helps me with my performance of yagya. And my performance of yagya, I help bring good things, auspiciousness to this world and purify all the sinful reactions. And so the king and his men they arranged a nice seating place. They all sat down. And with the help of the Surbi cow, they had 
five curd sabjis, pizza and ice cream, and jalebis and rasgullas and samosas, and <laughs> all. <laughs> they had amazing feast. So from this, the king became envious. He thought, I want this cow. This is my cow now. He said, give me this cow. He said, I cannot do that. She's, she's, she, she, she is here to help me. I, the, this performance of Yagya is to help purify the world. She's, uh, he said, well, if you're not going to give me this cow, I'll take the cow. And so he grabbed her by the horns. He's a very powerful king. He's not an ordinary human being. And he started to drag the cow away by the force of his might. And so the cow started speaking. She said, help! Vashishta, help! He said, what can I do? I'm a brahmana. I don't fight. She said, the words of the brahmana are more powerful than the arms of the kshatriya. All you have to do is say, stop. So Vishishya said, what did he say? Stop. And immediately, she could not be moved. And these ribhu soldiers, these particular warriors, started to come out of her body, out of her nose, out of her mouth, out of her ears. All nine gates, these warriors started to pour out of her body. And the, the, they started fighting all the soldiers, killing all the soldiers. So Vishwamitra was very upset. He had a hundred sons. And he told his hundred sons, Attack Vashishta! <laughs> and so they started at running towards him. Weapons upraised. He took his staff to the ground. He touched it to the ground. Ninety-nine sons all burnt to ashes. He left one. So at this point, Vishwamitra, he left. Very depressed and dejected. He said, what's the point of being a Kshatriya? What's the point? Actually, he did austerities. And he, he uh, practiced austerities to achieve the benediction of the various demigods. Lord, even Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma, to attain powerful weapons. Mystic weapons, not just the physical weapons, but very powerful mystic weapons. And then he came back, he said, I'm going to get my revenge. And he attacked Vashishta, and he just put his staff up, and all the, all the attacks just went, <laughs> all the mystic weapons just went right into his staff. So then he get one event again, doing austerities. There's this one pastime where he he 
tries to send someone up to the heavenly planets who does not deserve. Because that person was told by Vishishta, he, that person was, was a disciple of Vishishta, he said, send me to the spirit, the heavenly planets, not the spiritual, but send me to the heavenly planets in this body. This earthly body. He said, no, that cannot be done. Not possible. Uh, actually, once Arjuna went to the heavenly planets in an invisible form. The Mahabharata is described. He went there. And the demigods were like, Ew, smells like an earthling's here. Ugh. Somebody from earth is here. I don't see him, but I can smell them. Because they have bodies that are thousands of times more beautiful and celestial than a human body. Like Prabhupada said, the most beautiful woman on earth looks like a toad compared to the women of the heavenly planets. So he wanted to go to heavenly planets in the self-same body. Vishishta told him not possible. So of course Vishramita, who had now been doing thousands of years of yogic austerity, said, I can do it for you. Let me do it for you. And he tried to send him down, and the demigods with their energies, which he was pushing him away, saying no. So he was like floating in the air, going up to higher planets, and then he, he was getting pushed down, and he was like, it was just like up in the air, going up and down and up and down. And then finally, Vishishta with Vishwamitra with his powerful energy, created his own planets and, and whole system just for that individual. And he said, okay, I'm going to create my own heavenly planets with my powers. So we see he fell down due to Menaka. He fell down to the next Apsara due to anger. After 180,000 years, he realized he had to get rid of his envy. And then he could take actually become a Brahmana by giving up his envy. So, so many difficulties because he was not approaching the Lord with devotion. Haridas Thakur, uh, we find no difficulties. Kashapamuni, Prabhupada said in the uh, third canto, Kashapamuni, he was troubled by his wife. She was pushing him at an inauspicious moment to get pregnant. He said, this is a bad time. This is a time when the ghosts are all out. Lord Shiva and his uh, associates are all out. Hernikashipu is going to, you know, a very bad child is going to be born at this time. But she was, and because, uh, Prabhupada said, because um, he was not as elevated in the path of devotion like uh, Haridas Thakur, he fell down. He couldn't just tell her, just wait, you know. He couldn't pass that test. Of course, that was Leela, you know, Nikashipu needed to be born. Therefore, without the help of the Lord, you're going against whom? Durga. That is your opponent in declaring war against Maya. You're declaring uh, to go against the grain of material energy. We're just telling everybody in their deepest fiber, to do everything opposite to devotional service. Therefore, we need Krishna's help.
Continue. Brahmanga Kantitanra Nivesha Prakashe Surayena Charma Chakshe Jotamara Bashe. The manifestation of the impersonal Brahman effulgence, which is without variety, is the rays of Krishna's bodily effulgence. It appears exactly like the sun. When the sun is seen by our ordinary eyes, it appears to consist simply of effulgence. So as Prabhupada said, nobody says there is shine outside. Do you say that? Anybody say that? Do you say that? Or do you say sunshine? There's a recognition of the powerhouse. There's the power, but it's not separated from the powerhouse. So Brahman is the impersonal energy of God, which is his aura, his effulgence. But he is the source of it. So someone says God is impersonal. That is true. That's part of the picture. But it's not the whole picture. Just like you could say uh, right now, it is 8.30, the sun is outside. Does that mean, is that the whole picture? Like the, you can just go and you know, take that, that uh, sun globe and put it in your pocket or something? Is it the whole sun or a partial aspect of the sun? Someone may say this, see this painting, say that's a beautiful painting. And someone says, no! They get a microscope, proton micro, it's a molecule. You say, no, it's a painting. And then you start fighting in the hallway. So this is uh, analysis and synthesis. Analysis and synthesis. Two different ways of looking at the same thing. So, therefore, Vadanti Tattvavidas Brahmayati Paramatmayati Bhagavanati This non-dual substance is understood in different ways by the learned transcendentalists. Brahman Paramatma Bhagavan So, in the Ishopanishad, uh, it is said, do you, have, do you have any lights in your house that dim down? You know, they turn it up. It's just, it goes, you pull it down lower and it gets darker and dark. Then you pull it up higher, it gets brighter and brighter. Do you have any lights like that? No dimmers? So the devotee is praying. I think it is the... 15th verse of Ishupanishad. I don't know. He says, dim down. Dim it down, your effulgence, so I can see your beautiful face clearly. I can't see it so bright. You need like a millions of sunglasses to see the Lord, or he gives you special eyes. So it's just like Okay, let's have three villagers. Raise your hand if you're one of the villagers. Raise your hand. Okay, that's villager one. Villager two, there's villager three. There's a villager three. 
Okay, so just imagine you have never seen a car before, a plane, a train. You've lived in the jungle your entire life. And you hear that there's something called train station. And trains are coming that is being built near to your forest village. So all three of you guys decide to go to see the train. So, from a distance, you hear, you feel this rumble. And what do you see? You see the light. So this gentleman, he runs home. And he tells his friends and family, I saw a train, I saw a train. And they said, what does a train look like? It's a light that rumbles. They go, wow, wow. And this gentleman, so the train comes, it gets closer, it pulls up. He sees the wheels, the gears, and the smokestack, and the steam coming out, the windows. And he runs home, tells his friends, I seen a train. They said, we, the neighbor said, yeah, it's a light. He said, no, no, it's not just a light. It's, a, it's got wheels and a smokestack, and there are people inside of it. There's all kinds of, the, you know, interesting things there. So this last guy right here, he's very curious. So he doesn't run home. He gets on the train. And who does he meet? The train conductor. Choo-choo. He has some nice hot milk in the cafe. He feels the wind in his hair. He, the train conductor shows him all how the different things work. And then finally he comes home and he tells his friends what a train is. So this is Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. Three levels of understanding the same thing. This first individual, he saw it as very, uh, um, doesn't have any real unique features. It is just a light. Doesn't have real form. Doesn't have any uh, uh, different aspects to it. It's just a light. So similarly, the first level of God realization, a person will say, the Lord is impersonal. It is just Brahman. It is simply oneness. Then the yogi will realize the Lord is a being that is there in everyone's heart. 
that gives intelligence. And the bhakta we realize the Lord is not just a being that gives intelligence, but he's a personal being that has his own activities that you can interact with in a very loving way. So this is Bhagavan. Yasya Prabha Prabhavato Jagananda Koti Koti Shwashesha Bahudari Vidbhuta Bhinnam Tad Brahma Nishkalam Anantara Shesha Bhutam Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami I worship the, the Lord Govinda, the primeval Lord, who is endowed with great power, Prabha, Prabhavato. The glowing effulgence of his transcendental form is the impersonal Brahman. Or as some people say, Brahman, but it's not Brahman, it is Brahman. Just like there's another word here. Impersonal Brahman, which is absolute, complete, and unlimited, and which displays varieties of countless planets with their different opulences in millions and millions of universes. Purport, this verse is quoted from the Brahma Samhita, 540, for explanation, refer to Adi Lila, chapter 2, text 14. So let's stop here and see if there are some reflections, comments, or, or questions. How can we relate? So the question is, uh, I mentioned that God can be experienced in a personal way, not just in a cosmic way. What are some examples of that? And so Krishna himself appeared to advertise what the spiritual world is like. That this world is just a perverted reflection of the spiritual world. For example, you have the, um, have you, how many of you have heard the, the analogy of illusion? That one mistakes a rope for a snake. Have you heard that before? So there's a Vedic analogy of illusion, that we mistake a rope to be a snake. This is used in in all different Vedic traditions. Now, the impersonalists like to use this analogy as well. Those who say that God is not a person, they like this analogy. say, yeah, it's just an illusion. The problem, though, is that uh, you do not mistake things that do not share similarity. You would not mistake a rope for a potato or a, uh, a Mac computer. Or I might say, I don't see a rope and think, oh, that's Arjun Krishna. You know, they do not have similar qualities. You only mistake things that have similar qualities. And the thought of a snake only comes because snakes have actual existence. So we mistake this illusory world 
this world that is always temporary as reality because it is similar to actual reality. So in actual reality, I have a form, you have a form, and we all have forms that relate to the supreme person in the spiritual world. So when Krishna comes, he appeared and he performed all these loving interactions like you see here this painting of Krishna eating lunch with the cowherd boys. When Krishna ate lunch with the cowherd boys, everyone was hoping that Krishna would try their sweet. Their mother was like, man, that boy is such a darling. I love Krishna so much. I wish I had Krishna as my son. So I've, I've, I've made this wonderful jalebi and burfi. And I hope my son shares it with Krishna. And so it said, like, Krishna was like the world, and his friends would surround him like the petals. They say, Krishna, here, try the sweet. They put it right into his mouth. Isn't that tasty? One time, uh, Krishna's friend said, here, tr- try this sweet, Krishna. Close your eyes and try this sweet. And they stuck a flower in his mouth. And he's like, <laughs> And everyone started laughing. So they're having loving interactions. In the, it is described in Sastra that if you take all the pleasure that you can get on this earth planet, you multiply that a thousand times, then that's the pleasure of the higher planet, Janaloka. You take that pleasure, you multiply that a thousand times, then that's the pleasure pleasure you can get on Indraloka. You take that pleasure, you multiply that a thousand times, then that's the pleasure you can get on Brahmaloka, the abode of Lord Brahma. You take that pleasure, you, mo- you multiply that a thousand times, that's the pleasure of Brahman realization, realizing one's existence as spiritual, non-material, that you're practically liberated. You take that, the experience of that, you multiply that millions and billions of times. It does not come close to one drop of the ocean of pleasure that the soul experiences in loving interaction with Krishna. So what does that interaction mean? Shravanam, hearing about the Lord, Kirtan, speaking about the Lord, offering the Lord food. For example, Vidura had such a loving interaction with Krishna. He was, Krishna, here, try this banana. And so he threw the banana out and he gave Krishna the peel. And Krishna was like, ah, let me have that. And he ate the pill with great ecstasy. He was so happy to eat. It was such, full of such love and devotion that Krishna is eager to taste the bhakti. Because a soul is by nature, it is by nature looking for loving interactions. And that loving interaction is only satisfied incomplete when it is directed towards the Supreme Person. So there are, throughout Sastra, there are many descriptions of how the soul is feeling this great pleasure connecting with Krishna. For example, devotees, you know, we have kirtan, 
when we have a nice kirtan, we're only saying three words over and over again for hours, but we don't want to stop. Because it is done with devotion. Krishna reciprocates, and He lovingly uh, gives His relationship and reciprocation in the form of kirtan. And the devotees feel very ecstatic. So much so that people uh, like myself, who are not born in any type of Vedic tradition, immediately give up meat, alcohol, cigarettes. They give up all these things because they experience something of a higher pleasure. Because the low, lower pleasures become insignificant. You cannot give up that lower attraction unless you're actually tasting the higher. So our founder, Srila Prabhupada, he came to America and he converted a whole bunch of <clears throat> drug-addicted hippies with terrible social habits would would move from this girlfriend to the next girlfriend to the next girlfriend to the next girlfriend into very uh, nice gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Completely transforming their life. Giving up all intoxication, all illicit activities. Because they were tasting something. So that is, you know, you can reciprocate with Krishna by... Um, just approaching him in those different loving ways, offering him food, offering him arati, uh, the hearing about him, speaking about him, chanting about him, singing about him, remembering his pastimes, serving his lotus feet. Uh, that also that padasevanam also means to use your own feet to serve the Lord by going to the holy places. People who go to Vrindavan, they even uh, we have uh, Western college students who go to Vrindavan with no idea what Vrindavan is, abs zero idea. They go there to do uh, social work for the uh, the widows of Vrindavan, but they they somehow understand immediately. They feel some spiritual the. As Prabhupada said, the land is invested with spiritual energy. He said, people pick up on that. So, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, you can offer prayers. And we can pray, specifically, we can pray to the Lord to ask Him to uh, remove those obstacles that are holding us back from Him. Pray to uh, imbibe those habits that help us uh, be in consciousness of Him. And we can experience His response. Especially if you want to do some service for Krishna. If you pray in that way to do something nice for Krishna, Krishna always responds. For example, uh, we had a temple president that was serving us brahmacharis. We were all brahmacharis, sankirtan devotees. And he was serving us so nicely, cooking for us. And, you know, we would just all day long engage in selling Prabhupada's books on the street book distribution. So one day I prayed, Oh Krishna, please let me do something that will please him. 
I know he was most pleased when we did very nice on book distribution. So I prayed that morning. Let me do like, uh, let me do book distribution nicely for his pleasure. And so then that day I went out. So we went out every day, six days a week from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Selling books on the streets of Seattle, which is harder than New York City. Everyone is in their own world. No one is very friendly or personal. So I was there. Half the day was already up. Nothing barely happened. Not many people. All the kids looked like Christian kids. Arjun Christian, want to hear this part? Hold on. Just a little sec. They all look like these... Because when you do book distribution, you develop a radar. You can tell like where people are at to a certain degree. So then I, I went to the lobby of some building. I read a book. I think I fell asleep for a little bit. Then I went back out. This is already 1 o'clock. This is more than half the day is up. And then I met some kids. They had a wristband. And I said, what are these wristbands? They said, we're... We're all from a Lutheran high, different Lutheran high schools from all around the, the um, United States. We're here for a convention. We're staying in the this hotel, and the, the wristbands let us ride the, the monorail for free. And so I showed them some books, and then I saw some kids. They're, they're all over the place. These kids with wristbands. So I run over them. Hey, are you Lutheran? Like, yeah, great. Here, check us out. We're the monks showing all these books. Uh, uh, about yoga and meditation, they're like, great. And so they'd be like, seven kids, I hand out seven books, and each one hands me a 10 or $5 bill. So then that's like, okay, that's uh, uh, $35, $50. And I run over to the next group. Hey, are you Lutheran? They're like, yeah, great, here, check it out. Books on yoga and meditation. And then you hand them the books, and then they all hand you the money, and then you run over to the next Lutheran. <laughs> hey, are you Lutheran? Yeah, great. Here, check it out. We're the monks. Check out the monks. <laughs> And so we ended up calling, we had to call the temple, and like, man, they're flying out like anything. <laughs> send, you gotta send the van, we're running out of books. <laughs> and so they sent a van, we're, they're going out like crazy. And, uh, this is Krishna's reciprocation that, at that point. That was my biggest day of book distribution. It started on the half a day of a dead day. The second half, we just went, it was bigger than like a whole week of book distribution. We did, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of Prabhupada's books in just a few hours. Uh, so Krishna reciprocates when the desire is to please him or his devotees. And so you see his personal uh, reciprocation. For example, I was in Atlanta. Which we're, uh, no, uh, we were in uh, New York City at Times Square. And New York is like also difficult. Uh, like Seattle, I mean, Times Square is People are very, very quick all over New York City. So the the one of the challenges you find everywhere except for Texas, Texas is basically the easiest place to distribute books in the world. Um, one of the challenges is getting someone to stop and talk to you. Here you just say, excuse me, sir. They walk you know, from two blocks across the street. How can I help you? <laughs> like Very easy here. But in New York, it's a big 80% of the challenge is just to get the talk, the dialogue to happen. So I see this lady walking up, and I'm thinking in my head, what do I say to stop, to get this lady to stop? 
There's a bus that says Atlantic City passing. And I turned to the lady, I said, Miss, are you from Atlanta? Which is not the same place, you know. She said, yes. Oh. She was shocked. She said, yes, uh, what's going on? I said, we're shooting books about how we're not this body, how we're the soul within. And the soul will not be happy unless it connects to God. This time she was triple shocked. She said, oh my God, you don't know what happened. Oh my God, oh my God. She started putting her hands on her head. And I said, what's going on? She said, she said, I'm, I, I've been, uh, I was walking down the street praying. I was feeling really, inse- I work as a model. I feel really insecure about my body. So I was praying to the Lord, telling him how I feel so insecure about my body and how I want to go home back to Atlanta. And I said, miss, are you from Atlanta? You're not the body. <laughs> so Krishna, he reciprocates when we try to serve him. And you cannot, how can you deny that when all these things happen to you in a very personal way? If you approach Krishna personally, then he personally responds. If we approach Krishna as a non-person, then we don't get, we're all, we're all on our own. You want to hear one more book distribution story? Well, first, Dhruva, he, um, the first month, he lived only on leaves. The second month, he lived on dry leaves. The third month, uh, he would live, eat leaves every three days. The second month, he would eat dry leaves every six days. The third month, he would take a sip of water every nine days. And the fourth month, he would take a breath of air every 12 days. To the point where he stopped breathing and eating altogether. He is from a different yuga. So his process is considered... Arjuna actually was presented with this Ashtanga yoga process and he rejected it, saying, I cannot do this. And Arjuna, Krishna responds, you can do something, but you have to, it has to be a suitable practice. So if you go to a pharmacy, there, there are many powerful medicines. Thank you, Arjuna Krishna. There are many powerful medicines, but the medicine that is necessary for you is according to your particular situation. So our particular situation in Kali Yuga is that we cannot attain the meditation of Dhruva taking his steps. We cannot not eat, uh, uh, take a breath every 12 days. So the recommend, um, recommended process, Krite, the, there was a Jayate Krita Yoga, that each yuga has its own prescription. So according to Bhagavatam, the same book, the prescription for Kali Yuga is Nam Kirtan. That is that is what is meant for this age. You can take the elements of that, of Juva's meditation, sit up properly, sit up nicely and chant, keeps the mind more clear. Just like there is Satyuga was Ashtanga Yoga. As we mentioned, there was a Guy, he failed three times in his Ashtanga Yoga, but he finished after 180,000 years. Now, we don't even know if we have 100 years. 
So we definitely do not have 180,000 years to achieve completion. So that type of that system is not uh, possible in this age. Then Treta uh, uh, Yuga is a yagya. So we do also we have a little yagya, tiny yagya for weddings, initiation, but not that is not our main process. We take some of the elements there. Then Archa Vigraha, Didi worship, Murti Seva, that isn't Dwarpa Yuga. So we do Didi service. So many rules and regulations, but it's simply a small reflection of how strict the type of worship was done in the previous yuga. Now they used to worship the deity. You sneeze, go home, take shower. Everything you know has to be extremely paka. You know? Mainly, nam, kirtan, chanting together. That is for this age. That will, when you have sufficient shravanam and kirtanam, then you'll get smaranam. It will become a byproduct of smaranam. Smaranam will become its byproduct. Smaranam means that meditation, that concentration, that remembrance. That will come as a byproduct of sufficient hearing and chanting. Our, uh, my spiritual master, Paladananda Swami, asked Srila Prabhupada, should I think of Krishna's pastimes when I chant? He said, no. Don't artificially try to imagine why. Just think, hear the holy name. And if you hear sufficiently, then Krishna's pastimes will come. Like, if I say Mickey Mouse, immediately you're, you see his form. So why shouldn't we say Krishna and we see his form? We may have more attachment to Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Donald Duck, Mickey, 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 Mouse, 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 Donald Duck, Donald Duck, Mouse, Mouse, Mickey, Mickey. <laughs> you can chant that mantra. But so, when you say Mickey Mouse, and we see, we imagine, immediately imagine his form, and his, we may, some activity of him may come into our head. So we should hear Krishna with such love and devotion, such attachment that the same thing will happen there. He's here. That's why he's kindly agreed to become the deity. This is Krishna. He is not stone. He will reciprocate with us. We are more stone than him. He's thinking, well, when are we going to wake up? <laughs> We're like asleep. He is up there dancing, and we are asleep. Sometimes you come temple, almost asleep. <laughs> and he is up there, he is dancing. And if we don't see Krishna, beauty, then one thing we can see in this world, not his power, his personal power, his beauty, but you can see his intelligence. Read Gita, it was like thousands of years still studying Bhagavad Gita. So much intelligence is there. Newspaper you throw away after 10 seconds. You know. Read it, you know, then you throw away. Okay, Om Tat Sat, thanks a lot. Hare Krishna.